You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Well, hello, everybody, and happy Monday. It's Rick Bassman from Talking Tough coming to you live from Maui. Uh, it's been a while. It's nice to be back on. We've um, been focused lately on the different brands that we're building, like Be Good and, uh, and Tall Tales and uh, The Ring in the Cage and whatnot. So this is my first one-to-one Talking Tough interview in a couple of weeks. I'm pretty excited about it. We have an old friend of mine on today. His name is Guy Grundy. Uh, a lot of you know him. Many of you won't. In the uh, the post promoting this, I referred to Guy as a renaissance man. And that's a term that I think is uh, thrown about pretty loosely these days. I-, I think if you're to look it up, Guy very much fits that description. And what, what I mean by that is on the surface, and you'll see this when he comes on, he, he appears to be a contradiction in terms. And, and I mean this in the best way possible, like the ultra tough guy who at the same time is like very, very sensitive and very empathetic. And he kind of like embodies the extreme qualities on many ends of the spectrum in the same person. It's, he's an interesting guy. He's a good guy. I've known him for a while. Uh, we, when we met, we were both struggling pretty mightily. Uh, we both, Guy especially, has come a long way since. We'll get into uh, what that's all about in just a moment. It's, uh, it's my pleasure to... Uh, introduce my good friend mr guy grundy guy good day mate how are you i'm doing well my friend how about you good mate good good i I just wanted you to know buddy hollywood it's not affected me at all i'm still as hardcore ever was and uh i just need the fans out there to know that i smell good and i look good i'm doing my best how's that going bro Am I Hollywood? Because <laughs> you said to me one no, day, that's, go, that's fantastic, man. And 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 you do look good. You you are you are freaking yoked. So that leads me to the very next question. Then, do you still, on a scale of one to ten, how easy do you think it still would be for me to take you? Oh, buddy, if we had ten fights, you'd win eleven. That's probably win twelve All now. Right. The, the longer right. we go, the better it gets for you. <laughs> there, there's really uh, nowhere to go with that now, is there? All right, fair enough. Guy, man, it's good to see you. Um, you know, I, these days, I'm on, I'm on social media a lot, as I know you are. I like to say that I have to be on there for my work, but if I were to actually tell the truth, fact is I do go on there to look around a bit as well. And I would say I have now unfollowed probably 80 to 90 percent of my friends no joke i mean I, and i'm talking i'm talking guys who are like close friends you know, that would probably be hurt if they know knew i unfollowed them you're you're one of the few people that i continue to follow man because i just i love your irreverent take on life it's like i said in the in the intro you you're in my mind you're this like real contradiction in terms um, what, what I like about how you portray yourself to the world, I know it's who you are, it's your real being, but you're straight, you're, you're down the middle, man. And I don't mean you don't have an opinion because God knows you're very opinionated, but you're, you're, you're down the, t- you're down the middle insofar as you listen to what people have to say 
um, you, you'll look at their, you may not agree with their point of view, but you'll give them a, a voice. You know, with all the craziness, all, all the dissension happening in the world today, do, does it affect you or is it really just like an easy thing that rolls off your shoulders or the way it appears on your social? No, no, it definitely affects me because I'm with you. If going back to the first one of the unfollow, I'm like that. I'm there looking going, oh, I used to like you, bro, and I write him a message. I'm not going to speak to you anymore. I'm going to block you. But, yeah, I, I've unfollowed so many people. And I, I think one thing that I am opinionated and I definitely listen to everyone else's opinion because I don't know everything. It's like it's like when I fought and, and I was boxing and, and I was beating a lot of people. So I kind of stopped learning a little bit because what I was doing was working. And a guy was talking, and long story short, I just realized that you're always going to learn something. Like when just one guy, he was so annoying, and he didn't tell me anything of note that I would uh, help me as a fighter. But he said one thing, he goes, when you can see their ear, you can punch them and they can't punch you. So my point is, you can learn from someone. I don't just listen to everybody because some people are stupid. But 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 what I like about this situation, Rick, is um, people have that are brave enough to put their opinion out, you know where you stand with people. I've got a lot of friends in the industry because I know we're not in politics, but I speak my mind. And I've got so many actors that are above me saying, Grundy, I love what you're doing. I love what you're saying. And they won't say it because it'll affect their career. Me, I will say what I want because, like I said to someone who I'm not talking to anymore, I'm like, Bro, so you're telling me I shouldn't say my mind and stand up for myself on the hope that I might get a movie role that may help my movie career. I said, if I got it, I would have to kill myself because I couldn't respect myself. And I think at the end of the day, when you do stuff, you need to look in the mirror. And were you a sellout? Were you a man? Were you a coward? And you know that at the end of the day. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. So I understand people going their side and not doing it for their their career. I'm that that person. I'm making my own movies. I'm a person who believes in making it happen from the self. I'm from the streets. I didn't have a father growing up. I live with multiple family members. I suffer from malnutrition. As a kid, I couldn't read or write at 13. I was on the street at 16. Somehow here I am in America. My point is stop your whinging and start doing. Have you, uh, <laughs> have you ever considered a, uh, a new facet of your career as a uh, speaker or a motivator? I'll bet you get that question a lot these days. I, I do, mate. I, I do. And I was never really interested into it. I, I loved the motivational talks before the before fights and before boxing. So I'm into that stuff. But that's all it was, was a motivational thing to go to fight, to play. But now I, I see there's a real message that people need to hear. And... I'm a, I'm a legal immigrant. My wife's Japanese. My daughter's half and half. So I feel I've got a voice where people can say to some people, well, you've got this. I said, hey, where's my excuse? And if I haven't got it, you don't deserve it. So, yeah, I will get into that type of thing. I, I want to get my acting career to a point where I can use that as a springboard to do that. Um, I'm, so, yes, definitely. I am. I've read books. I, I follow. I'm a huge fan of Jocko Willenick, Extreme Ownership. I totally take that in. And once I did... My two things for my life changed when I became grateful for everything I had and stopped whinging about the things that I didn't have and then just accepted ownership from it. And, and that's the movie we're doing now, Maverick and Grundy, which I'm sure we'll bring up later, but I'm not bringing up that. I've done uh, five movies or TV shows and I did them with other people. So 
there were things they didn't do that I wanted them to do. And there was, so there was a reason for the failure. There was a reason. And, and I had to do business with these people because I didn't have the money. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the resources. So I did my thing. I did my tutorial. I studied and learned. And then with Maverick and Grundy, it's all mine. If it succeeds, it's me. If it's joke and everyone laughs at it, it's me. And I love that. I love that because there are no excuses. So um, I, I'm not, I'm already doing, I, I preach it, but I also do it. I just believe in doing it yourself. And if you wait for someone to help you, it's not going to happen. No one wants anything for you as much as you do. Wow, I'm already a speaker. What happened, Rick? <laughs> yeah, man, I can you tell show? you, like, in, in, in the past five minutes alone, you've pretty much prescribed, you've given the entire prescription for a successful life in the past five minutes alone. So, you, you know, thankfully we're recording this. It sounds like you have it down, but you can always play it back later, man. That, that was pretty brilliant um, in, in, in so many ways. And, and so much of what you said, like, really resonated with me. One thing you talk about, because I've been guilty of this, as, as many of us and others are, you look at somebody, okay, you look at The Rock now, Dwayne Johnson, probably perfect example of this. And, you know, he posts on Instagram, he gets 3 million likes, whatever he gets. And God knows we measure ourselves way too much by our likes and our followings, which is a bunch of bullshit. You and I know that. Uh, yeah. And he's on there like selling his tequila now. Right. And, you know, showing his beautiful daughters. And I and I see that and, and I'm happy for the guy. And other people might say, and I was guilty of this in the past. It's been a long time. Oh, well, you have what you have because, you know, you're six foot five and God gave you good looks. And of course you could do that because you have a tequila company and you have this and you have that. But there was a guy, man, that was just as low as you and I were at one point. And I, I hear a guy, what you're saying, you're, you're just one example of many for you. You're producing your own movie right now. You're starring in it. Are you directing also? Uh, pretty much doing everything, but everything like you're Maverick's my partner, but I'm, yeah, I've done I've, the casting, directing, writing the script, uh, directing, holding the sound, buying drinks, cleaning okay. the toilet. Okay. So as much as anybody, and you know this, I, I appreciate what goes into this. I mean, it is, not, it is not an easy task. So people from the outside might be going, oh, yeah, man, you got it made. You know, you got big muscles and you got a good personality. And, and of course, you're on a movie set. But, dude, nobody put you on that set except for you. And you know, I, I just want to – I do get a little preachy here. Anyone that's listening mm -hmm. to this, that's out there and having a tough time and not motivating, here's a guy who's named Guy who has created his entire life for himself, starting with absolutely nothing. There's a lesson in that. He didn't start with anything that you don't have, with anything that I don't have. So we can all do it if we dispense with the excuses and just take action. That's what I believe I'm hearing you say, my friend, although God knows you said it far more articulately than I am able. No, no, Rick, you know, I've got a lot of respect. We've been mates for a long time. We'll go into that, I'm sure. Um, yeah, mate, it's just, it's just, uh, I was like everybody. I, I watched American TV and I grew up on it. I didn't have a, in parents around and I just stayed in home and did boxing and dad at home and, and trained myself. So it was a good thing. I made it a good thing. But my point is, you, you watch TV and you see the um, the LeBron Jameses and and um, and I won't say Michael Jordan because he's, he's a motivator to me because of the person he is after he retired, but he wasn't a star. He made himself a star, so I love that about him. But my point is, 
we see that and and I wanted to be the bodybuilder, the rugby player that was just picked, that was just, hey, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one. And Rick, no one picked me. <laughs> no, no one. I wanted them to pick me, Rick. And I could do yeah. two things. I could sit there and bitch, mate. I'm 50 years old. I stay there waiting on the bench, like thinking someone's going to see my talent. And I know that I'm talented. I know that I'm a good actor. I don't say that in an arrogant way. I know when I get on set, I do my job. Big deal. Big deal. Everyone's talented. And my movie has proven that because I'm using actors that aren't really well known and they're unbelievable. Um, I, I love the what I'm doing with this because I'm using unknown talent and I'm a real, my sets are really easy going and you're vulnerable. And hey, man, you can screw up when we start again. Who cares? It's, we're not costing anything. So I, I've, this opportunity with the virus has allowed me to get some amazing locations to shoot in that would normally cost you $10,000 a day. I met a mate whose security and safety procedures, so my uh, COVID testing's in line. I've got fight choreographers. I just draw these things to me and, and I keep them because I appreciate them. I've done sound. I know how hard sound is. So my whole point is, no matter how bad life is, I, I, I had three jobs. I've, I don't. I lost all my training clients. I'm on my bodyguard security. That's still going. I lost some other things. So I lost a lot, but I looked for the avenue and I realized there's going to be a, a, you know, I sat there and I'm like, there's going to be a lot of people that aren't working that want to work. And I'm kind of well-liked. I'm with Maverick and he's well-liked. Maybe I can do something here. And slowly I did it. Now I've just shot a 22-day movie starting a spin-off series. I've already shot one day. I've got an exclusive editor who works with some of the biggest names doing it because, again, he does, he's got time to do it. And I'm doing a heroes and villains. So you can sit there and whinge. I'm, I'm talking to you right now in my studio, my bedroom, my gym, my 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 uh my interview my everything room i'm i'm claustrophobic in here i out there and walk i'm training with with these little bands these are my this is what i train with guys so like my point is there's no excuses life sucks for a lot of people but i don't mind it because i'm making a go of it so i'm a muscle bound meathead uneducated stupid from the street wasn't loved wasn't this person but hey guess what who cares and here i am People out there, please stop being a victim because all that means is you're weak. You're just saying, I can't do it. And I just want to say this about this with the popular, the, 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 the money. Haven't you noticed when they give the money to these certain communities or whoever you want to talk about it, they don't do anything because they're being helped. The, the secret of success is America is getting out there and doing it. And people just use all these excuses to, I love being, you said it best, Rick, and I, I laugh at everyone. I'm an Australian. My people kicked me out, put me on a boat, whipped me, raped me parents and everything, and I'm an Australian because of that. i got no problem with that. I'm actually happy about it. I feel bad for the folks that did it, but, hey, I'm not going to go their place. And you said it. People look at me, you know, I'm a big, muscular guy. I'm a fighter. I'm a meathead. I normally had a shaved head. Everyone's seen me a certain way, and I loved it. Because I could shock them. I could freak them out. And they'd like, dude, he's like, he's like a smart person and really big and muscular and you should be dumb. I love the fact that people think that about me because it changes. I'm sure people, some of you are liking me and some of you are disliking me. But you're going, well, he's more than I thought. He's not just going, well, I'm going to have my protein shake and a one, two, three. I'm a person. And my whole point is I love the fact that people have a perceived thing. People always have perceived thoughts of you i think of everyone a certain way before i meet them and then 
I change my thoughts on what I'm given. But you may have a perceived thought of something, but it's up to the person to give you a new thought. So that's what I do. I use the fact that I'm supposed to be a meathead and, and this and all this stuff. And I love it. And at the end of the day, I get there and I say to them, what I used to say to the people when I did door quick, I'd love it. I'd say, you're, a, you're supposed to be an actor. You're an out of work bum. You're a 45-year-old doorman working in the street at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I'd look at them, I'd say, you're so right. You know what's <laughs> even sad? I'm the reason you can't get into the club tonight. And, <laughs> there and you then go. when I'm successful, I, all the people that have laughed at me, I, I, I am a nice guy, but I am spiteful and revengeful. And I've taken note of everything everyone said about me. Yeah, you. I'm looking at you, buddy. Someone's all freaking out. <laughs> looking at me. But yeah, but yeah. So there's, there, there are consequences to actions. I speak my mind. I'm a, I'm a Republican. I'm all the way a capitalist. I love America. I'm an immigrant. I don't believe in the evil immigrants. I'm, I, I earned my right to be here. America's suffering financially. How can you bring someone else in who's poor? How's that helping us? So, yeah, I have got a very strong opinion, but I'm willing to say it. And some people have been on my movie set three that we had different opinions. And I said, hey, listen, I'm cool with your different opinion. Just don't bring it up. It's my movie set, but I'm cool with you having it. They all brought it up. I dragged them outside and said, get the F out of here. This is my movie set. I have no problem with yeah. you having a view, but respect me and what I'm doing here. And the fact that I don't care your view, but don't bring it to my house. That's the whole point. Some people in this world, for instance, Rick, you and me have been there. We've, we've been some, you and, I don't know if people know about you, but me and Rick and Maverick have done some, been in some situations. For instance, we were the soul collectors. Maverick, uh, I'm not gonna say Rick was or wasn't, that's up to him. We've been in clubs. And they've walked up to us, some people, and they go, we don't like your kind in here. You know what we did? We got up and left because they didn't want us in there. They were nice enough to tell us. And if we're going into a club and they say they don't like the soul collectors in there, they don't like white, muscular people and short, handsome individuals with shiny heads, we won't go in. That's the difference between some people just look for a comment. They can't tell me not to. But, um, yeah, I get on a bit of a rant with that, but it's just uh, people just start to man up for yourself. Stop looking for responsibility. The kids today, they've done nothing, but they think they're entitled to everything. I had some words with some kids, and this is the fact. If, if you're living at home with mummy and daddy and they're paying your bills and you're living in their shack or whatever, even no matter what, you're paying your own car, but you're living there. If you're at home, you're not a man, you're not a woman, you're a child. A man, a woman supports themselves. So first off, all you people that are living in your home, your children, your children, stop acting like adults. It's all this entitlement. I deserve this, I deserve that. And the difference between me is I worked for it. Look at me. You're not working for it, you're whinging for it. Look at you. What are you going to do today? Oh, I'm going to whinge. I think I'm going to whinge today. I'll whinge tomorrow. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be depressed some days. Today's been a horrid day for me. I suffer from depression and anxiety. I suffer from everything. Three broken collarbones, three shoulder reconstructions, neck broken in three places. Maverick broke my cheekbone. Rick broke my nose, headbutting me in a goddamn car. The tiki bar. You I did break your nose, bar, didn't I? That's right. <laughs> Go on, man. Sorry. You're on a good roll, please. Yeah, so yeah, so, so it's just, um, if you, if you, you'll stop me when I'm ranting, but it's like a fight, guys. You go out there with a fight, and I laugh when I would see me and Rick and Maverick would laugh. This, like, going, I'm gonna be like water, I'm gonna slip and dip, and I'm not gonna get hit. And you're like, oh, You're not gonna get hit, and you're fighting another professional, and you're not gonna get hit. We're sitting there with popcorn, we want to see what's this because this guy's game plan is going out the window.
Then there's me. I've got a game plan in there and reckon that we've worked on the game plan. It's a solid game plan. The first 30 seconds, I break my right hand. The game plan seems to have changed now. We don't whinge about it. We adapt. We move on. The hand's broken. We move on. And people just stop and they go, ooh, ooh, ooh. And, and one more thing, it's like when you're doing an amazing combination in boxing or you're doing a delivering your dialogue in acting. You're doing so well that you actually stop and you say to yourself, wow, you're doing really well. And now you've screwed it up. And that's what a lot of people do. So the thing is just, guys, stay focused and have a goal. Every day is not going to be a good day. I'm claustrophobic. I suffer from anxiety. I suffer from depression. I've been addicted to Nubain, which is like morphine. I've been addicted to Coke and heroin, which when Rick knew me, you know what I was like as a bad guy. I got over a Xanax thing, which was one of the toughest things in my life. I'm not perfect. But at the end of the day, when things are bad and I'm hurting and I'm, 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 I'm basically thinking of killing myself because I'm so depressed and I'm like, you got yourself into this, Grundy. Are you going to get the other? And I always do this. One day I broke my neck in a street fight and I, I felt my soul leave my body. I felt it leaving my body. And this is like just before Rick met me. And I felt it leaving my body. And when what stopped me was the, the, I pulled my soul back into my body because I said to myself, there's no way this is the way that my dad hears I went out. And I think what it comes down to, I have a lot of respect for myself and my family. Think about that. Uh, That's yeah, why I don't fail. Yeah, and I and I want to I want to ask you based on what you just said. By the way, I want to mention first, as John, my producer, who's on with us, will tell you, I am like the king of interruption on these things. And to to answer something you said a moment ago, you were doing the opposite of rambling, man. I'm like I'm like captivated. Uh, John, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that was the longest we've ever gone on this show without me feeling like I needed to jump in and, and interrupt. Um, yeah, there, definitely. There was, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Guy, there's so much, so much good content there. So I, I want to ask you this, man. Um, I mean, I've known about your depression and anxiety in the past, not because you exhibit it. I've never seen you exhibit that. I just know mm -hmm. it's been part of your history. Once yep. you have that, it's always part of your, your core. We manage it in different ways. I have the same thing, not anxiety, thankfully, but some pretty serious depression issues that I think I've done a good mm -hmm. job dealing with. So you, yep. you were not born with a, a silver spoon in your mouth, quite the opposite. And I think you've been like you, I can see you on stage as a motivator. You've been very motivated. You're making me want to hang up and get back to work, man. And that's a good thing. Um, with uh, people that are out there, like, first of all, two questions. When you wake up mm -hmm. in the morning, are you geared up every day or do you have to gear yourself up? These are great questions. I read a lot of motivational books. I didn't have a father growing out up, so I've read books of Jack Dempsey, Joe Lewis, Martina Navratilova, Chris. I've read a million of books on to be a person. Um, I wake up hating the day. I wake up. I just want to go back to sleep, Rick. I, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. It's probably going to bed if I really be honest with just my feelings, not what's going on in my life of achievement, but how I feel as a human, eight days out of 10, my best part of it is when I'm sleeping because I'm not feeling all of it. And then when I wake up and then I'll actually stay in bed for like, I sleep maybe, and then the worst thing is I only sleep like four hours. I'm just not a big sleep. I, and the more okay. motivated I am, it hasn't always been like that. Like for instance, when I'm doing a bodybuilding, when I've got a, if, 
I'm doing everything without knowing what's really going to happen, Rick. But if you said to me, I've got a fight, I have a movie, I have a this or that, even with Maverick and Grundy, every day is up in the air. I may have a cancellation, I may have this. So I'm waking up with fear and, and doubt and everything. But if you give me a bodybuilding show, if you give me a date and I, my finances are taken care of, I'm a machine, I'm on it. But, but just on a regular day-to-day -day basis, like getting up today, for instance, I wake up and anxiety just hits me like a punch in the chest and it's like 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 i'm like a little girl i don't sorry i don't want to say a little girl because that's wrong now i'm like a little boy i'm gonna start saying that. i'm like a little whiny boy going i've got to train i've got to do cardio i've got to talk to rick i'm gonna get all the even to the point of i've got to connect this phone to this thing do i have the right app to do it or just ram into my head and i basically will do a little social media i have a look i can't stop um, it used to affect me and we'll go into that again, but I do it because I do actually I do it just to post my stuff and to block people and delete people that I don't like their thoughts and <laughs> I'm never gonna work with you, bro. And and then the most the best thing I've ever done is I go for a walk. I smoke herb, I get a fatty, I go for a walk for one hour with my shirt off. People bit me in the street, people stop me and go, We love you, big man, because I just walk along with my my Australian hat on just through Culver City and I just let all the thoughts go. And I'm a bodyguard, so I work to like 12 hour detail. So that's sometimes waking up, getting home at five in the morning, getting up at 10 o'clock in the morning and then doing it. So I have no schedule. So another thing people go, oh, I don't have a schedule. Even do I, okay, even do I. I sleep, I sleep when I can sleep. So everyone gives me the excuses and that's all it is. It's like, when you give me a challenge or when something goes wrong, this have people ever noticed you know all the cool stories we tell and rick will know this about me everything when it was the worst possible time for you that was the best story you notice that and you love telling it but you whinge about going through it i've been with rick and we've we've got a rest I, the day that rick was a man and maverick was a man and i was a total douche when i got maverick arrested and rick got him out of that we may talk about that but they yeah you guys manned up and it was it was an occasion where everything went bad but i said it to you i said hey listen guys i'm really sorry i screwed up but this is going to be a great story and here we are 10 years later on your award-winning podcast telling that story i'm like a visionary yeah and that day and that day was a great day um you told me to shut up rick if i gotta shut up no, uh, but no. that was a great day for me when something really so i'll just paint the story maverick broke his ribs and got into maverick was really messed up to the point that i had to pick him up from pedro in his sl 500 beautiful mercedes with the bulletproof glass that i would one day own pick him up because he was so injured where with rick we pull into uh go to venice beach we're gonna go for a walk and and I, oh, and I'm, yeah, guy, guy. I'm, snorting, I'm doing a lot of something to this. I have to interrupt for one second and add and add some context to this. This was actually on Easter Sunday, if memory serves. And I, I think we were all feeling like a little like single guy lonely. So we thought we'd get together with the boyfriends and whatnot to keep each other company. So go go ahead, please. There you go. I was really busy down the beach. That's great, great. I love the way this is coming together. So we're really busy, and uh, I was a professional bodybuilder. So the firehouse, which people know about it, they've got parking. So I'm like, you know what? I'm Guy Grandy. I'm a two-time Mr. Australia. I'm a number two in the world. And those two, Maverick, and they just walked away from me. And I'm like, we can park here. So long story short, we park there. We go on the Venice Beach, walk back. I'm getting drunk, smoking my weed. We come back. 
the car's gone. Long story <laughs> short on that, the car's been towed. I'm so hammered, I've left the um, the car open. So when the towing people have got it, they're now allowed to go in. And when they go into it, we've got a Glock in there, an unregistered Glock, which, which <laughs> I'm not going to say whose it was. But long story short, this was uh, something went bad and we got an amazing story about it. And I'm a bit of a dick in the story, but that's life. And I got to see Rick and Maverick as real men. And this is how it happened. Rick basically took the blame for the gun, but Lee, Rick's a really smart guy. And he did have a legal thing with some stalker or some problem or something going on where Rick, Rick basically took the blame. And if he didn't convince him, he was going to jail for it. And then you had Maverick who's got a broken rib. He can't even walk and talk properly. He's going to go to jail. And he's on his phone going, yeah, yeah I'm going to go to jail. I'll probably be in there for a year with this one. I'll let you know. So I'm just looking around going, I'm around men of greatness. The cops come. We basically get away with everything because, because, okay, it's none of this white privilege. Maverick's an island with a shaved head. I've got a shaved head. Maverick's got, but it says on Maverick's face, outlaw, he's telling you what he does. It says so well, and, and guy, guy, guy don't, don't forget that Joey Glore was with us also. And oh, remember Joey? Joey was there. Probably, Joey was just good. Joey just made most, us all ugly. Yeah, the, the single most jacked up, tattooed guy in all of LA who looks like a GQ model. But uh, right, go ahead, of course. Yeah, so there's everyone there, and we got a, the cops let us go because we were honest, would agree, and we were friendly and whatever. But but then yep. at the end of it, to get Maverick's car out, we're putting, we're so broke. We're so broke that we're pooling, pooling our money to get $100 together. The guys in the shop like us so much. They give us $22 of their own money, which yeah. we went back to pay all three of us. So those, mother, those guys got $66 from us. Yeah, but, that's but it was right. just a great day. So my point is something bad happened. It was an opportunity to show who I am as a man, see who my friends are as a man, because under good circumstances – Everyone can be everyone. And it's, it's, it's like with these celebrities. I, I, I'm really against some of these celebrities, like the defund the police and all the kind of stuff. They've got their own. I, I work for rich people. I'm not going to say their names, but I'm a bodyguard for really rich people. They live in, and God bless them, they live in gated communities. And you're, you, there's no one even on the street where they live because the cops are my, up in Beverly Hills and that. If you're not going to start a riot because people will know you're in a street, there's it's protected. So that's just them. But these people are in the communities and they're telling people to fund the police. Crime goes up and there's no police to protect you. What's it going to do? Yes, the guy was wrong. It's terrible and everything. But so many Americans are dying. And the thing is, everyone with this this racism stuff points to one person and says that's the one and that's the reason. This one cop did it and he's scum, whatever. But there's also reason now to come out that he didn't actually die from that. He died from the drugs. But no one cares about that. So I'm not trying to be political. I believe every life matters. I've got a million Mexican mates. I've got a, I've got I've got some I've got the coolest brothers, black fellas, my and my mate in Australia, Darky Noel. We, and in Australia, we don't have racism. Like my friend is Noel, he's an Aboriginal, one of my best friends, his name's Darky. We had another guy called Black Dave, because we had a white Dave and a black Dave, and we had Dave. <laughs> so it's just it's just funny to me how everyone is so offended. And the other thing that gets me, there's a word that another race doesn't like, but they say it incessantly, and then they say it to me. I'm, didn't you hate that word, and now you're saying the word to me? Mm -hmm. If you don't want the word to be used, don't say it. But now you're calling me it. So 
I actually say to them, I'd say, what'd you call me? So you think I'm that word. Now, if I called you that word, we've got a real problem. So you and me have got a real problem because I'm being disrespected. So it's it's weird. You, you, you can't have everything. And it's like they're trying to punish people, whatever. But yeah, so... I'm, I guess I am against immig illegal immigration because I'm an immigrant. I, I had to become all that stuff I went through that anyone whinges, all that stuff I went through, I had to become a two-time Mr. Australia, take second at the World Championships. I never had a coach. I never had a trainer. I never had anyone do my posing routine. I never had anyone do anything. I did everything myself. I picked up a book and I watched other people. I took second at the World Championships on debut. As a freak, tore my shoulder out of the socket. I had no health insurance, guys. I had to retire. My career ended because I had no health insurance. I was a legal immigrant. I was legal, but I didn't have any insurance. Had I been illegal, I'd have health insurance. Please explain that to me. My point is, I worked so hard, couldn't do anything wrong for five years. And for me, that's a fucking lot. Of, excuse me, that's a lot of work for me not to do anything. Give me a beep on that one. And then pay $20,000 to get the right to be a US citizen. You got someone jumping a fence and he gets it. The reason you bring immigration in, America's not here to help other countries. America's a great country. And if you come here, you make her better. That's why immigration, like for me, I'm called a person of extraordinary ability. I'm bringing something of value to the country and I'm paying for that right. Okay, so I just, like, if you're upset about this immigration, so they get what I get and they go, well, they did this. Did they there? I came from another country, guys, another country. Halfway around the world, I made it. And I'm proud of it. And uh, wouldn't you want to be proud of yourself, what you achieved? When you so, came so, around, go, hey, what did you do? So, Guy, I'm, I'm thinking of people out there now that are watching this and listening. And you and I both know, man, now more than ever, there's more depression, more anxiety than ever before. You suffered from it. I have. We either both do or don't still. Nonetheless, we both manage to get up and go every single day. If we have somebody out there right now, one guy who's sitting around feeling sorry for himself and he just can't get started, what do you tell someone like that? I, 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 I appeal to that two ways. Uh, I appeal to it first the way that would motivate. There's two ways. The nice way of sitting there and just talk to them and motivate them, give them the game plan and, you know, explain different things of like, hey, every step's a day, every day is a working towards the goals. And I'd tell them stories about me, how audition after audition after audition after audition, spending my money to get the audition, parking, worrying about a parking ticket, not getting in the audition, but then one day it paid off. So I would say to them, the greater your struggle, the greater your victory. Now, I'm, I'm entering my success at 50 and it's really coming to me quickly and I appreciate it so much. That's the other thing. The harder you work for it, the more you'll appreciate it. And you're never going to lose it. You're never going to lose it because you know what it's like to go without. That's why I love America so much. I know how great it is. Then the other thing which I'd say to them, which is what I do, I'd get in his face and I'd say, so I'm better than you. That's what you're telling me. I'm better than you. I'm more of a man than you, mate, because I got off my ass and did it. You want to sook and whinge and whine or you want to do something. So I'm, I, will, I, I look at the person and there's kind of two different – there's the motivational factor, then there's that person. And if that doesn't work, oh, well, I, I'm not going to work that hard to get you on board. Maybe you're meant to be oh. a loser. Maybe oh. you're meant to be a failure in life. There are, oh. And I don't mean to be rude, but then that should motivate you. Like, well, no, I'm not a loser. So I would look for a trigger. There's that word trigger. 
but a trigger for them. And, and, and everyone, you go through different stages. You go through depression and you get down when something goes wrong. Just run the depression out. Depression's not bad because you kind of don't give a shit. That's why I look at it. I'm like, I don't care about anything. I don't care. So I know it's not good, but I kind of like it. But then I get angry. And that's when you start to get a little motivated. So that's pretty much how it runs. You're going to get depressed. You're going to get down. And then you're going to get motivated and you're going to run with the ball again. Then you're going to fall down. And in life, we all get knocked down. That doesn't matter. What does matter is that you get back up. And the more times you get back up, the closer you are to victory. And then the more times you get up and you got up and you said, what did I do wrong? What can I do better? I used to just get up and keep running my head into the wall and thought that I could run through it. 50 years later, I realized that doesn't happen. Take a step to the left, go through the little hole there. So it's just a thing about learning experience. I, every day I know more, I know more about myself from talking to you and some I respect who's, you know, called me the Renaissance man. I'm like, oh, well, I've been called a wanker and an idiot and a, and a, and a tough guy and a moron, but never a Renaissance man. So every day is an experience to, to grow. And to the people that suffer from depression, for instance, I had a terrible day today. I had a lot of bad stuff that happened and I was just depressed for whatever reason. And, and I was sitting there going, you got all these things listing that are good in my life. So I know systematically or however that word is that I know I'm just depressed and, and it's you've got to get over it. It's a bad round in the fight. I've got to get over it. And if you can, lay low on your depressed days, if you can. Some days you can't, like I can't hide from this interview. You don't know I'm depressed. No one knows I suffer from depression because I'm not a whiner and I'm not a whinger. And then you go, well, then why did you bring it up? Because it helps a lot of people go, well, that guy's got depression. He doesn't act like it because I don't want to, I don't want people to see me weak. And who wants to hang around? Hey, Grundy, how you doing? Doing good, bro. How you doing? Just heard about the successful. How you doing, Grundy? Well, bro, you know, these things, get out of here. Like I, I, I do that to people. I say, hey, doing, bro? And they start off negative. I walk away. People come on my movie set and they're like, Grundy, the, the traffic, this, this. I said, stop, take a breath. This is the happy place. This is Hollywood. This is what we came here for. All that stuff you dealt with, everyone deals with it. Who cares? Please. That's what I do. I'm like, it's not a big deal. Did your mum die? Is anyone dead? No. The guy cut you off in traffic. Really? That's what you want to talk to me about? Because when you do point it out to some people, they're like, they laugh. They're like, Dude, you're right. That's so. And then I turned it into a joke. Like I remember, people do stuff to me, and, and Rick will know where I have conversations. Rick would be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Remember that guy last Thursday that didn't give me the money that he owed me the full amount?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm having a talk to him, Rick." Like <laughs> I would fester, and now when I fester, all I do is I think, think about something to be grateful for, and all I think of is a, a fight that I may have had that I didn't die in. And I just think about that. I think of anything. I think about my fan here that I've got that cost me $20 that I could buy off Amazon because I have the money. And there are times that I was sleeping in my car in the middle of summer in Vegas dying. So I, I, I think just being appreciative of what you got. I look at it this way. I think I'm getting deep on this, but I think you're your own universe and the way you see things is how it comes. I am the easiest going, nicest guy in the world to you wrong me. Then I will hop on you like you would not believe. You'll never do it again and we, or we won't be friends and I don't care. You screwed up. But I'm just very on top of things and just, just honest about stuff. I don't – if you don't like me, I don't care. I'm not – you know, I will try to be nice to like Rick's girlfriend. I've, hey, I've been with Rick and I hated his girlfriend of all these dogs every well, time which one of my girlfriends did dogs. you hate i don't remember this but that's all right i remember your girlfriend 
messing up my giant porn loft with her 200 pairs of shoes. I remember that, but <laughs> that's all right. That's all right, man. She did you don't remember that. We got to do a show about just that warehouse we all lived in in North Hollywood. That, like, I have so many stories from there. I got a quick story from there for me, so you can understand Grundy. At, wait, wait, hold on. Look, guys, guys, look, 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 let me let me set this up real quickly, just so people get the perspective. Then I want to turn yep, it back over to you. So, what guy is talking about is shortly after probably my worst run, after I lost my home and my family and my health and my sanity and got addicted and ended up homeless. I found myself living behind barbed wire down an alley in the bad area of North Hollywood, Van Nuys really, in a giant day glow, bright blue pornography loft, a place where they shot. <laughs> that's why I didn't say the story. I didn't know if you were gonna say it was a porn place. Well, that's okay, man, that's all right. And they shot low budget porn. And I know it was low budget, because I unfortunately had, it was not a privilege. I unfortunately had to witness a lot of this. So I was living in the storage room of a porn loft. And when I moved in there, I was depressed with a capital D. And a year later, we are out shooting our own project. I got this new group of friends. Life had changed to a degree. And uh, I think this is where we come into the story. Yeah, this place was amazing. So there's a million stories about it, but <laughs> it was a, so they shot porn there. So we're all living there. And it was like, I'm not going to say everyone's name because I don't know if they want to say they're living there. You never, never throw anyone's name on the story unless you know you can. But we got a lot of professional hard asses living there. And they're all just talking about the ghosts that are there. The ghosts that are there. Everyone's doing, I mean, these are tough guys that are coming in from doing real bad things. Going, Dude, there's fucking ghosts in here, man. So I'm there one night. I'm with my girl. We have an argument. So she kicks me out. It's funny how that works, but she did. She came out of my own room in my own friend's porn. That's just how it works. So I'm sitting there and I swear to God, I feel something looking at me and I turn around and I sit up on the, like I'm sitting here and I look and there's the ghost. And it's like in the movies where it's the shape, but it's like glass and it's shattering and you can just see it rough. And I swear to God, I looked at it and I went, don't be scared. Because in my mind, when I watched Casper the Friendly Ghost, he said that he would run away because everyone would. Ah! 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 So I'm like, don't be scared. And I swear to God, this fucking ghost is going to go. And he just left. So to this day, I know that the ghost are going, man, that guy Grundy's a special kind of dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so that's you know, me. I, I say. I, I lived in that porn loft for about two years and I heard about the ghost. But I never experienced it myself. But it, I forgot about it till this moment. So it's funny hearing this again. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. And that's the thing I love about um, catching up with your mates. And I'm really looking forward to catching up with my mates from school. That's why I like social media. There's good and the bad. But by just talking to people and seeing you remember yourself of all these amazing stories. I'm thinking back to when I, I, I had to sneak into a hospital to see Rick and I brought alcohol and he basically was almost dead. And he said to me, do you think I'm going to make it? And I was like, I think you're going to do it, but it's not going to be easy. And, and you're alive. So my point is, it's great to see people that you haven't seen for a while because then it brings back all the stories. And, and then also, I think it's funny in life that we all have our heroes and role models for certain things. And it's very important for them to tell you about it how what they felt about you and, and and rather than do it now do it then so for instance i'm on a movie with lionel washington 
um, two movies in my movie, and he booked another one with Batman in the Sun. Uh, six foot five, brother, awesome guy, as dark as they come, just the coolest guy in the world. And he he, he was very, he's the nicest guy, but I, he lo- he's like, thank you for the opportunity. He's doing everything right, which I was getting back to. He's very grateful, so I keep doing it. But I would walk around with him on set. I took him under my wing, and he would say to me, man, thank you for doing all that stuff, bro. And then um, I screwed up. I'm normally very good at it. And I told him he did great, but then he just texts me out the week, goes, man, I'm really concerned about my performance. I don't know if I did good. And in my head, I'm like, I should have reassured him again and said, bro, you're, you did a great job. So then I said, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. You did an amazing job. So I'm very aware of um, I've admired Rick, Maverick, someone I admire greatly. And, and I've, I'm lucky that I have some younger guys that seem to admire me, probably because of Rick and Maverick, but they do. And I think when I look back at all my leaders is they did everything great and I'm trying to do that. But the thing that I've added is to, to tell people along the way how they're doing to bring them along. Some people grow beyond their means and they think they're more important than you give them a slap and you bring them back into line. But I'm about letting you grow on my movie set. I'm the easiest guy. I've got Rick's way of doing it, Maverick's way of doing it. I am walking around smoking a joint, having fun, You're doing things just having fun. But when you mess up and you mess up in front of everyone, I will pull you in front of everyone and put you on blast. Say, yo, bro, what are you doing? Quiet on set means quiet on set. You know what I mean? I will be very hard on you. And people go, why did you embarrass him? I said, well, he he won't do it again. And I'm sorry, but if you're on a movie set, you know to shut up. There are certain things that you just know to do. When you're doing a podcast, you allow your guests to speak or you ask questions to do. There are things that you do. So I'm I'm just, if you're, if you're, uh, naive in how protocols done like i've got one friend who lives at home i trained with me 20 years ago he's basically living at home i bring him under my movie set we had a falling out because he doesn't understand how to get along with people he's lived at home for 20 years i love him and i've had words but i'll say to him listen you i said don't ever whinge about being cold because you got that water thrown on your face during the scene i said it's an honor that you did it and it makes you look like a little girl and everyone's like whoa but no one will do it again because no one wins. No, you just there are certain things you don't do, and I'm just I, I. I think a lot of the social justice warriors will not like me, and I don't care because I hate weakness. I hate the people that want want excuses and and, and my feelings, my feelings, guys. And and I've even had these conversations with my daughter and that, and I'm like, hold hold on, I got feelings too, and I do feel things. You seem to think I'm feelingless. I'm not. I have way more feelings new because you're my daughter i've got all this stuff going on i just don't whinge about it i don't whinge is a strain for complaint by the way guys so my whole point is like the all these problems people have got now mentally they had 50 years ago but no one whinged about it and everyone seemed to be better off now everyone's like gotta look at this look at this i just walk away from people i had a move someone on my movie set and they brought a dog they brought a dog they didn't ask they brought a dog and i know you you're cool with that but you say to me hey grundy I've got two dogs, but cool, bro, you're an important part of it. I walk in there, Vernon Wells is my main star. He's allergic to dogs. This woman's got two. I'm like, whose dogs are these? And it's some actress who's got a little pity role in there. And I'm like, are these your dogs? And I said, because I do door work, so I'm respectful to the, that, that situation. I said, hey, I'm not saying your dogs can't come. I'm saying you, you've got to go. You got Your dogs can say you've got to go. So they take the dogs. My point is, <laughs> it's a movie set and you're bringing your dogs there. And if, and if you're asked, just to the point that you – and this is someone else's million dollar house that they're letting me to use and I've got and I'm responsible for it. So uh-huh. just people just think and 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 it was so funny, one of the women looks at me and she goes, but guy, it's her comfort animal. And I was like this. Her what? 
because that's how I feel about it. If you're really that bad, hey, I don't know if this is legal to say, but if Rick could do it, because if I like you, there's differences, but just don't bring stuff onto my set. Don't, as an actor, don't, another thing, actors just bring their girlfriend on set, which means you're going to sit over there like a little girl because she won't let you go and you're doing what she wants you to do. You're not having any fun. And we don't like it because you're not bonding with us to do the role and we're getting together. And she's like, when are we going? When are we going? So I say to them, I say, yo, bro, you ever bring your girlfriend again, you can leave. This is not a family thing. Just stupid little things that people do, especially in a COVID situation where we've got safety numbers and you bring your girlfriend. Just these are the little things that I'm really hard. Like, it's like, come on, man. Come on. And and maybe if I'm too hard, you'll never do it again. So I'm just a very tough love person and I want tough love. I'll give it to you and I'll, I'll, I'll play with you and I'll give you a motivation like that. But but I'm just, I just think, you know, people just need to be, men need to be men again. Men need yeah, to I wanna, be men again. I want to grind down on something a little bit that we were talking about earlier. So we, we talked about how you would motivate somebody who just cannot get started on their own. And, and I know mm-hmm. this question is going to come up from people that watch us. There are going to be people out there that say, I'm really depressed and I don't have a Grundy in my life to motivate me. Um, you know, and it's part of being depressed. I'm all alone. No one cares about me. You know the drill. So we've got some poor guy or gal out there on their own. They can't get started. I, I, I like to get like, this is really elementary stuff and it may sound boring, but I, if it helps one person, I think it's great. What do you brought some stuff up before you read a lot of Martina Navratilova. You read her story. That helped to motivate you. You uh, you get up, you have routine. I remember an old friend of mine, Juan Thompson, another great, giant, very, very dark guy from the project, came up like nearly dead and defeated and ro- rose to great heights, told me that when he woke up in the morning, no matter how he was feeling, he would stand up as tall as he could, throw his arms up as high as he could, put his head back and smile. He, he was doing whatever he could to try to get himself in the right frame of mind. What can you tell somebody out there that says, I don't have a guy, Grindy, in my life to motivate me. I'm on my own. What's one thing somebody can do to, to set themselves in the right direction tomorrow morning? This is a great question. So, yeah, I would just say do what I did as a kid. I was um, uh, hit away in a little corner. Uh, I would say you need to educate yourself. I would, I would first thing, I'd, and people ask me that, what's the most important books? I say there's two books that a man or a woman need to read anybody and that's Jocko Willenick's Extreme Ownership and then uh, and these are manly books because I'm a man sorry and then the other one is Willie Davis's Running to the Gap which is about uh, he played all seasons with Vince Lombardi he never missed a game so it's a book about football but it's about his life and it's about all these leadership lessons of the things that they did so these books explain to you what men do I, I read a lot of books because I um, am so glad I didn't grow up with some feminist woman because I didn't know what a man was, Rick. I grew up with a a, a crazy woman. My dad left, which was good because he had his own problems. And I always would say, I don't know what a man is, but I don't know why, but I would watch TV and I would just see what the Clark Gables did. I was brought up very much on American TV. I would just watch it all the time and just see what they did so much. I would I would look for a role model. Maybe if you you like Maverick, you like Rick, you like Grundy. Everyone's likes a little something different about other people, and and find someone to motivate you. Look at their daily little posts, but then educate yourself. A book's going to cost you twelve dollars, guy. Twelve dollars. 
Or if you can't do it, you're broke. There's no excuse. Go to YouTube it, and put his name in there. And, the, and and you can always go to the public library also where books don't cost exactly. There's always a way. And people go, well, I haven't got this. I haven't got that. If you've got time to sit there and watch TV, if you've got to sit there and, and in bed, that's the other thing. I just know someone dear to me, um, and just this is really disappointing, sitting there crying about how their people skills are not what they want them to be and then saying, you know, and then and then that I have this and that I have, you know, people like you. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool. I said, well, okay, you've, you've told me what the problem is. You want to be liked more and you want to learn people. So I gave him my book. I said, this is the best book I've ever read on the subject. How to Influence and Win Friends by Dale Carnegie. Read that book. Read mm -hmm. that book one little chapter a day. Call yeah. me. Call yeah. me and I'll talk it through. You for I'll give you my time. They never did it. They never. Have you read the book? No, 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 no. So my point is so many people say they want things and I think the biggest difference between people that succeed and people that don't is people that succeed do and they keep doing till they succeed. My biggest problem is, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm like a poster child for, for you should be a failure because of all my things that I've got wrong. I get motivated so quickly, but then when I think of all the things that are going to done, I get overwhelmed and I don't want to do it. Then I start and I'm motivated. I don't see instant results. I get dejected. I'm depressed. I don't want to do it anymore. So I understand everyone's little step by step because I think in some ways I'm one of the weakest men there are with the things that I've my thought patterns. But underneath, I've got some strength. And I look at it and I'm like, no, that's not right. You know what? You, you, keep, you keep getting angry and yelling and screaming before you get into these street fights and you don't fight as good as you did. But when you spy and you're relaxed... Maybe you should relax. So I, mm -hmm. I, I talk to myself so much. I interview myself. I want to be on Joe Rogan's podcast so much. I like Joe Rogan's asking me questions all the time. I've interviewed myself ever since I can remember. I used to love rugby. You know, yeah, it was a great game out there today, Johnny. You know, the defense was coming in hard. And, and the funny thing is, now that I look back at all these interviews, because I loved interviews with all these guys, and I never knew why, because you, you just see what their character's like. Mm -hmm. and, and the greatest thing to me was like as a learning experience was when I read Jack Dempsey's book and it said to me, this is Jack Dempsey and the people that don't know, one of the toughest men in the world through the 50s, I believe it was. I could be wrong with the era. Just an animal. And he said two things that really struck me. He's so vulnerable and honest. When he goes, he made love to his wife, but he didn't know if she liked it because he didn't know if he was any good or not. That's just so this is a this is the heavyweight champ of the world, but he's so vulnerable and loving and delicate. He's nothing what anyone thinks. He's an animal in there. And then the other thing he said, Ricky goes, I was so scared before every fight. And then he said, which is everyone else said, and it didn't dawn on me. Someone says it and it comes to you. He said, the, 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 the more fear you have, the braver you are. And I heard that and I said, Ricky, you know what I said? I said, I'm the bravest person in the world. <laughs> I'm so, so fucking scared. scared to do everything. I'm scared to go talk to someone. I'm scared, but I know the difference between me having my walk, smoking my blunt, have joint, having a fun time is if I'm in a bad mood, I'm fucking angry and I look at someone. And if I simply go, g'day, and I mean, I'm not a bad looking guy with, with, with some muscle. So they're like, oh, hey, how you doing? And then I'm in a good mood. So it's you can change it, but it, yeah, it's just, yeah, there's a million ways you can look at things, Rick. You know, guy, you know, it's uh, some things I like to say, and I don't know if I've done it on this show or not before, but I'm listening to you. And one theme I'm hearing over and over is we have a choice. We always have a choice. People in prison, God, thank God we're not in prison. 
but people in prison have a choice. So what do we do when we get up? You know, can we go, you know, if we want our, our dose of the wacky left, we can go to CNN. If we, want, if we want our dose of the wacky right, we can go to Fox or Breitbart or whatever. If, um, if we want murder and mayhem, we can look up rioting and, and fights and all that. What does that do to, to our psyche? Or you could go to goodnewsnetwork.com and look at stories that are uplifting and positive. You know, what I always like to tell people, if you cannot move, if you're in pain, if you don't have the money for the 12 bucks to buy a book, find the next positive thing, whatever it is. If you can't get out, go into your head, like you said, think about one thing that you're grateful for. If you do that, you can come up with a second one. It's really elementary stuff. And I didn't want to get on a soapbox and, and get into a preachy thing, but I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm taking it all in. Um, I, I feel... I like to think, I hope I'm pretty, pretty advanced in directing myself in a positive way these days. So I'm so glad to hear all this from you. And it's just messages that I like to try to break down and impart to who's ever listening. And you've done such a good job of that today. And speaking of people that are listening, it's like we almost have a collective reunion going on here or a, uh, a Maverick and uh, Grundy reunion, at least, because we do have uh, Maverick and the Savage both watching us right now, and they're both uh, they're both oh! saying. Um, De Devin is Devin's using profanity in his post, so I won't read them here. But uh, that's all right. Hey, Dev. Hey, Mav. Good to see you guys. Mav, the leader. Sat. Yeah. So Maverick, so, for everyone that knows, um, he's my boss, and actually, the reason I know uh, Maverick is Rick introduced me and Rick doesn't even know, but I've written a book about Maverick and Rick's there with the introduction to Maverick. So, so just people can get an understanding. We're all mates. Um, and with Maverick, uh, he's a very important part of my life. As I said, I've read leadership books and everything. Maverick was the, the leader. And then at another level, because he would do different things of things that you could do with other people. You could do it. a perfect example of why the man's a great leader over other leaders. This is the law of power. If you read, read any of the books by Robert Greene from Socrates, whatever, never overshadow the leader, meaning never, never, if you've got a cool personality, you're a good fighter, you're this or that, never, never overshadow the leader, never make him look bad. And Maverick was the guy who would put you in the limelight and said, go ahead and shine Grundy and clap and cheer. And that was something that just was, he would let you possibly and bloom and all the, the leadership. So we, um, we were bad men. I got stupid and uh, used some street cred that that was his, and basically injured a lot of lives. We'll probably go into that. Separated. We got back together. We've made the movie, and um, during the movie, we, we suffered the COVID virus shutdown. So we lost my DP, which is my cameraman. I lost my AD, my assistant director. Then Maverick was involved in a horrific accident, uh, which um, which we'll go into more. Lost his memory completely. Uh, still having surgery to this day, sent the man basically broke when he was at the pinnacle of his career. I've gone on to finish the movie. Uh, he was, he ended like five days into shooting, but we got enough that it worked for the movie. So I used all his leadership skills. So I wrote a book about him and our journeys. And, and the most important thing was um, this stay on the mission Grundy. And all I would think of was the most important thing. I'd talk to Gwen Maverick's wife, Gwen, He's alive. He's good. He's going to get better. Correct. She says, yes, good. I'm going to finish the movie because that's what Maverick would want. And every time a problem would come up, someone would do anything and I wanted to slap someone. I wanted to do something because then I would always go, does it affect the mission? Does it affect the mission? If it didn't affect the mission, I would do it. So my whole thing is, I think another thing when you said about that person, 
um, sitting there in the morning. Have a vision of what you want. And my vision, this is funny you ask that because it's just coming to me, but I had a vision of Maverick saying to me what he's been saying now, how proud he is of me. But when the movie's done, he's going to hug me and he's going to say, good work, Grundy. And I would have then done, because I always say to myself, when things go bad, how are you going to act during this time? What kind of man are you going to be? When you look back at this period, were you a whiny little boy or were you a man who took care of things and handled business? And this has been the most growth for me as a leader because Maverick and I said before this movie, I said, Mav, it's hard with this movie because you're the boss and I'm the I'm, I'm number one and I'm good at what I do, but I don't want to lead because I don't want to be you. I don't want the pressure. So it's kind of hard for this movie to evolve because Grundy needs to lead. Lo and behold, Maverick gets in an accident. And so people understand a million facial, 25 facial fractures. His mouth was stuck together. Uh, he's going through surgeries this day lost his memory completely. And this is, you're going to appreciate, Rick. I got him on the phone. I said, hey, Matt, we talk? He goes, yeah. I said, listen, I've been real nice, but I need to talk to you about something. He said, yeah. Well, I said, so listen, I'm a little upset about you because I studied your whole illness. I lit it. I put bullet points. I got a video list of Rocky, the Terminator, all these different things to watch. I was even going to get Cheech and Smong Chong make him think that he smoked weed and get Maverick smoking weed because he doesn't do anything. So my thing is, I'm a, I treat things comedy-wise. Like, I don't get too serious. Maverick's alive. That's the most important thing. And his wife took care of it. So I think I was able to validate myself and I was able to validate my leader because his methods work for me. And I, and, and I would say to myself, what would Maverick do? And then I'd go, well, you're not going to do that because Maverick's, you're not Maverick. I would do it my way. And I would do it. And somehow, Rick, 22 days of shooting, buddy. I had meal prep companies. I had... Uh, chop shops, I had garages, I had Bentleys, I had 62 cast members on my thing. So, yeah, if there's a will, it's, if it's weird, guys, if there's a will and it's a way, and America is the greatest country in the world, and if you, I just, for you people out there, i just so sad for you that you may have to lose stuff to you appreciate it, because do you not know why everyone wants to come here? I'm an Australian, and Australia's great, but where am I? And I just think it's real sad and it's, you know, I think in a way it's good though because the ones that appreciate it are going to stay there. And when, and also you guys voicing your opinion, I, I hold me to mine. I'm a Trump supporter. I'm a capitalist. I believe in that. I, I, don't hire me because of those things. But also be aware I won't hire a lot of you because of your actions, of the defunding the police, endangering my family, especially you bigger celebrities who, who just do it for the brownie points. You make me sick. I cannot stand you people that go, I'm going to put this sign on there because it's going to make people think I'm a nice person. You, people see through that. And, and I can't wait to that. There are consequences. And so many of you people that have just gone along with the, the, the group because you didn't want to upset anyone, I will never work with you on again because you're a fake person. And, hey, don't work with me. And I'm going to back myself to get there. And people say, you know, this is going to hurt you with Hollywood. Who cares? I'm a man who speaks my mind, and this is the greatest country of freedom of speech. And um, just it sickens me. You go into a restaurant and someone walks in and says, put your hand up or, or we're going to do this. You come into that restaurant, I'll put this fist through the back of your head. Come to me with this kind of stuff. Like it's just, it's just I get very angry about the way that people treat people these days. I, I did the rights, the, the bodyguarding. I went up there. People don't – like Rick and me, you, we, we, we fight all the time, getting our heads kicked in. We didn't care. I went up there and I had to help some people that were just beaten up and they've never been in a fight before in their life. They're up in Beverly Hills, mate, getting beaten up. 
they're, they're scarred for the rest of their life. And what was their crime? Being a successful person, minding their own business in their own little area. So these are the things that don't understand with. So, yeah, I just, um, I love it that all these people are getting filmed doing this stuff. I love that because all those people, anyone that ever did that to me, I'd I remember, I'll come get you. Oh, kind of oh Grundy, it's, it's, it's insanity out there right now. And uh, we're, we're past the top of the hour, but I don't want to go just yet. We're, we're at time, but there's a couple of lighter things I want to go to. But I, I do want to say, I, I agree with you. The, the thing that affects me most these days is not somebody's viewpoint necessarily, but it's the way people are treating one another right now about the other's viewpoint. It, to me, I find it bothersome. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Let's go to a couple of One more thing I want to add real quick. Sorry, Rick, just yeah. people remember, I've got a lot of black mates, a lot of Mexican mates. Don't generalize. Talk to the people. Talk to the people because as you of can course. see, like Herschel Walker, the NFL legends come out and he's an Uncle Tom because he believes a certain way. But my point is, I don't get along with all white people. I don't get along with all black people. I get along with opinions. Mm. I, I just, that's what I, I talk about. I get along with people. And um, I mm -hmm. think to stop judging everyone and saying, oh, they're bad because they're bad. Talk to them first to find out where they are. Like, for instance, Absolutely. yeah, just, yeah, just right. because so I look subjects, like I'm a moron, that's because I look like a meathead, doesn't mean I am. I, I'm, I may be a little bit more intelligent than you <laughs> thought. Maybe I am. Maybe you don't like me, but I'm definitely different to what you thought. And you listened to me and you, you got that opportunity. Give everyone else that opportunity. But pretty quickly, you're going to reveal who they are. Like, yo, okay, well, I don't think I'm getting a lot out of this conversation. So I'll move on. But I'll still give it an opportunity. Right. But let's, let's go to a couple lighter things to wrap up real quickly. So you mentioned putting your fists through people's heads. What is going on with Grundy versus O'Hearn? Man, I haven't heard much about that lately. Oh, for the people that don't know, and please, Mike O'Hearn, so this and, and we've joke, got about two minutes, guy. We got about two oh, minutes for that. This joke, like basically calls yes. me out for a fight. He says, "I want to fight you for five thousand dollars." Then, ladies and gentlemen, goes on to say that I'm a woman beater and I have a criminal record. On this is on social media, thousands of people seen this. I accepted the challenge, Mike. You backed down. I asked for proof of what I said. Ring guys, ring guy Anthony Grundy, ring the police department. He's a man who will slander another guy. I thought after he had a child, he may understand what he caused me in the drama. The man's also, a, I call him bald because he has three hair transplants in the back of his head. And if we ever <laughs> see each other in the street, I will put this fist through the back of your head and I'm going to take one of those hair transplants and I'm going to put it on my wall like Maverick did with someone's tooth. And if you want it, you can get it. To Mike O'Hearn, you ever want that fight, bro? Please, I will destroy you, you pansy little girl. And how dare you accuse me of beating someone. I have a daughter. And you never apologize. It shows the man you are. And I thought when you have a daughter yourself, you would understand what you did was wrong, but you didn't. And let's be honest, you've never been at an audition I've been at. You've never, I know you're hiding from me, you coward. And everyone out there, he backed out of the fight. He called me out and backed out. So, Mike O'Hearn, thank you for bringing that up, Rick. I detest you. I think you're a joke. I see you in the street. I will drag you by your hair transplants and beat the crap out of you. You're a humiliating piece of crap. I'm almost a little sorry. And next subject. But I want to ask something. My producer, John Pozorowski, is here. John Paz from the Two-Man Power Trip. And John is one of the top guys in the pro wrestling podcasting world. John. Did, did Guy miss his calling or what? Should, should he? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, he should have been trained to be a pro wrestler. You would, you would have fit in perfectly in that world. 
I think I could talk the talk, but then I'd do one. It's like when you watch a stunt, you're like, yeah, I could do that once. <laughs> All right, guy, last thing, wrap it up. last thing to wrap up because we are, we are past our hour and it's this. So I know and a lot of people know that you are writing, producing and directing and putting everything and starring, of course, in a movie called Maverick and Grundy. Um, it's an official T-shirt. Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it online. I've got you coming. I've got you an extra sexy edition. Uh, I, and that's exactly what I need. Excess. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So here's here's a couple of quick questions. One, I know that COVID and Maverick's accident obviously uh, interfered with the schedule. Of course. Is is there a completion date and a release date that we can look forward to? Yeah, we're looking. I just spoke to my editor today. We've got a music video and a trailer dropping next week. And then um, it's, it's people will think I'm crazy, but we're looking at November 1st for a delivery date, which is three months for the completion of the movie. So right. um, people would say this would take year, a, a year to do what I'm doing. I never listen to anyone else. I do it my way. So I'm calling November 1st. Um, I will be with my editor in his office every single day, sleeping two hours a day. I will make it happen because I, I'm not, and the other thing with my success has come quickly because I'm old, I'm an old man. I haven't got long and that's true. Like I like, it's got to happen sooner or later. So I've kind of got my act together because I realize I've run out of, I'm like a, like a professional athlete who yeah. goes, yeah. I've got a few years left. I'm, I'm feeling that too, my friend, I got you. Are, are, are you able to, what, what's the log line as they would say in Hollywood? on Maverick and Grundy. If we opened up, um, you know, there's well, there's no TV guides anymore, but if we if we wanted, if we looked up Maverick and Grundy, what would it tell us the plot is? It's about it's it's based on true events. It's um, an action comedy. It utilizes the uh, elements of uh, um, uh, uh, the powers of law and war, but in a comical sense. And it's about an Australian hitman, myself, Guy Grundy, who's weed smoking, weed chasing, crazy wild man who teams up with uh, Maverick, the legend American gangster, and um, takes him under his wing, and Grundy's protected. Grundy is just smoking weed, having fun, living off the legend of Maverick. He's a bad man, but he doesn't really understand the responsibility he has until one day when Maverick's taken away from him and he's thrust into that position, and now we see two things. We see, is Grundy ready to lead? And did Maverick and his father do a good job? So we've got Maverick's father who now comes into the thing. So it's a story about um, friendship. It's just explaining the life of um, different collections, hits, all little things that people don't understand about the business. And like, oh, like there's collections, but there's loan shark collecting, there's personal collecting, there's business collecting. People die, there's people don't die. And it explains very much, which any mafia movie does, if anyone dies in our world, you had it coming, meaning you signed up for it. You sign up for the NFL, you sign up for the NBA, you sign up for the MMA, you're going to get hurt. We never kill anyone. We never do anything outside of our business. We never hurt anyone. We're not doing gangbangers. So it kind of explains the world in a comical sense, the loyalty, and basically using comedy as a distraction of different things that we do. So it's it's very funny, and um, I've shot so much footage, and I'm actually shooting a spin-off web series already. I'm I had the crew. I'm already shooting that, which is a spin-off series, which will actually be out before the movie. And I'm doing another one called Heroes and Villains, which is basically uh, superheroes sitting at a bar. For instance, bar. The, the one is where I'm commando with John Matrix. I walk in and there's Batman, mm -hmm. uh, Spider-Man sitting there and he's like, oh, I can't. It's actually going to release soon. He goes, I can't believe it. You know, ever since 
Deadpool came on the scene. I've been doing this for 50 years and he's an old man. And then I look at him and I said, oh, this is awkward. I thought you were Deadpool. So just little <laughs> things like um, comedy of like uh, Bane, the fact that he can never eat anything and we make fun of him. And I've, we've got, it's just a comedy thing, one minute comedy skits. And hey, it could be terrible, Rick, but I'm going to release it. And there's one thing about Grundy, he'll have a go. And if I fail, I'll laugh about it and move on to my next one. Another thing, guys, be prepared to fail. Just learn from it and go, oh, yeah, we, well, we all fail. Michael Jordan didn't make the NBA in, in his South, his, um, South I don't because I didn't go to school, but in his high school year, didn't make it. And then he went on to greatness. He used motivation to get him to the next step. Most people stop. So mm -hmm. in closing, guys, just life's, life's tough. Ha and life's tough. And try to have as much fun as you can because life will get serious on your ass. And Guy, how do people keep up on the adventures of Grundy and, and on the status of Maverick and Grundy? Where's the best place to check in on you? I would say uh, Facebook, Instagram. I've got in my name that's weird, and that's really my name, Guy Grundy. That's not my acting name. If I was going to choose a name, I would not choose Guy Grundy. I'd choose Cody Jones or JJ Stokes, something cool. So Guy Grundy on uh, Facebook is the main one to go by. Um, that's what I would do. I'd go Guy Grundy on Facebook, Guy Grundy on Instagram. And have any questions, any concerns? And if you guys want an opportunity to be in a movie, and uh, for instance, one of my directors now, uh, producers, just contacted me out of the blue, said, do you need someone? I said, yeah, the next thing I know, he's one of my main people. So uh, I believe everyone deserves an opportunity. And I like to give someone who is new an opportunity over someone who's established because I want to have, I want to develop you. I want to bring you along. And as long as you show me appreciation and don't forget where you started, I will always have your back. I hate a... a um, arrogance and uh, the biggest problem I find with my leadership style where I'm very easygoing is people, you build them up so much that they really believe they are who you say they are and you want them to be that but, you know, I was the reason not being arrogant, I helped you get there and a lot of people just forget that I've never forgotten I've never forgotten Rick Bassman, I've never forgotten Maverick and I think that's one of my keys to people liking me, I'm never forgetting how lucky I am. If it wasn't for Rick, I wouldn't have met Maverick. If it wasn't for Maverick, I wouldn't do this movie. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. So thank you, Rick, and I love you. I love you, Guy, man. It's really, really good to see you here. You're an original. You're genuine. And and I have to thank you. First, I have to apologize for all the noise in the background. And I pit bulls have been going nuts for about the past 20 minutes. Sorry for the distraction. Nothing I can do about no that. Uh, but I, I want to thank you for kind of giving, and I mean this, and sort of giving me a big break today, because normally I have to run these things, control them. Uh, dude, you're fascinating. And I learned a lot. There's a lot of great takeaways from this. It was so good to see you on a personal level and on a talking tough professional level. You're an amazing guest, man. I look forward to uh, your next career as Motivator Supreme after you've uh, conquered Hollywood. Awesome, Rick, and congratulations on all your success, bro. People, ho hopefully you'll have me on way to, to do an interview on you so people know about uh, Rick Bassman because I'm you're a modest man and uh, there's a lot of things I don't know about the Rick Bassman that I know. I'd have to check with you on what I can talk about, but let's do that down the road. So good to see you, guy. Let's be in touch, all right, man? You got it, mate. Thank you. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. 
That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.